Yeah, I'm not kidding. After talking with Kevin, a really awesome content creator, I'm toying with creating my own YouTube channel. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 40-ish. Where Jason regales us with stories of how the uh, shopping centers overseas are way better than Meyer. They are. They are. Especially when you can buy Stroopwafel and consume it while purchasing it and not deal with anyone associated with Meyer. I mean, that sounds more like Horrocks, where you can just go in and drink beer while you're shopping. Yeah, you know what's funny is, isn't the Meyer family, the Hendrik Meyer, aren't they Dutch? (laughs) <laughs> probably so why did they pull it anyway uh it's a whole other thing we're doing a whole episode on meyer we'll get there and i'll be forever banned but uh want to welcome in uh, a normal cast of characters uh, mr john moody hello and mr lance Aber. hello and uh, mr andrew tucker hi all hey hello we're uh, we're coming back on a mini hiatus that you guys know nothing about but we've been gone but tonight <laughs> on today's right. episode we are pleased to welcome in a, I'm going to call it out as I see it, a tech YouTuber, a growing tech YouTuber. This gentleman has surpassed recently, within the last couple months, uh, 200,000. That's a big number. Yeah. That's, that's a big, that's an earned number. Mm-hmm. This is a, I mean, Jason couldn't even complete a thought with that number. So yeah, it's I, big. <laughs> I have six. I have six followers. I'm combined channels. So we're going to go with that. Uh, uh, Mr. How many accounts did Miss Bear create? <laughs> oh my she god create, she can't create it i'm sorry yeah. this is uh, kevin the tech ninja kevin neither kevin welcome to 40 ish hey I, I appreciate it and uh i love i grew up on meyer so I, I will i will have that argument with you there's something special about meyer and and uh, invite me to that podcast oh yeah we all we all grew <laughs> oh, up but on jason's meyer, gonna yeah. take the stance of bitter curmudgeon-y old man about it <laughs> listen it, they modernize their technology right they modernize the checkout they get rid of uh, baggers which slows the process way the heck down and then they don't react when they're their uh, shopper numbers grow and they don't open lanes. Yeah, so I'm standing, yeah. we've gone through this. I stand in lanes and my stuff is melting and I get more and more pissed. And yeah. you digress. Right. And there it goes. You're melting so fast. That's a yeah, that's, number. Why are your hands so hot that melts your ice cream? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, the the anger. That, that's been my thought. Kevin, Even it's the, the anger. It's the pure anger and yeah. the, the, the flow of, oh God, I hate Meyer so much. Uh, my thought is too, Kevin, is since Jason works remotely, he should be able to find the time where he can just walk in and out of Meyer with nothing. Yeah. No time, no lag or anything. But he true, chooses true. to go at the times where everybody else does that has to work in offices. Listen, so really it's on him. Listen, John, there has not been a time I've gone to Meyer where it hasn't been a complete crap show. <laughs> I think you need to go at 2 a.m. Yeah, or I will take photos of the one by me. And and especially show right you. now with your jet lag, perfect opportunity. There you go. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, oh man. So uh, let's let's get rolling, uh, Kevin. Uh, I gotta ask you the basic, uh, standard, run of the mill tech or uh, technology YouTube question, and that is simply this: How well, you gotta the- find out what he is and what he does, right? He does oh yeah. That. Thanks. Well, I mean, he's been gone. So yeah. hey, Kevin. Before we get into the litany of questions, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? 
Yeah. So, uh, so I create tech YouTube videos. Um, I, I hate the term YouTuber. And the reason why is because if you do a lot of tweets on Twitter, you're not a Twitterer. Or if you do Facebook videos, you're not a Facebooker. So like I make videos on all platforms. I just happen to be largest on YouTube. So I'm a content creator. I don't want to be married to a platform because if YouTube goes away, then my existence goes away as well. So uh, basically I make technology videos and uh, I cover anything with an off and on button, uh, anything from cars, phones, TVs, everything, anything. I like to talk about it. And I try to talk about it in a way that everyone can understand. Um, I think having parents that are in uh, creeping towards 70 years old now, um, I have to explain things to them in a way they understand. I think that prepared me for my YouTube channel. And I just want to have a conversation with people about technology, not talk about megabytes and megabits and, and gigahertz, but actually have a conversation about, hey, this camera looks good. This is why it looks good. This is the way I use it versus talking about the megapixels and you know, the aspect ratio and all these crazy things. So um, right. it's very casual YouTube, hang, you know, hanging out on the couch, talking to your friend about some new tech you bought. I like that. And that's actually one of the aspects that drew me to your channel originally was the, I feel like we could sit down and have a beer and talk about uh, this, that, and the other in terms of like, if I had a question about the like smart home automation, which is I'm, I'm dabbling, I'm dabbling yeah. in my office here oh, yeah. a little bit. Scary. Um, it, it, there's so much and it's changing so rapidly and where it used yeah. to be a price point you couldn't get to now you can, but you gotta, you gotta like piecemeal it. You can't just go yeah. into mm -hmm. like a, home depot or lowe's and say hook me up because uh yeah. especially if you're in an older house like i am you, it's not prepped for that kind of stuff so yeah i don't know so let's let's start with this what uh where would you say what was your first tech video the first video that you would define as a something that shaped the videos you make today was it a, a device you were just purchasing or was it something that you felt had uh underrepresented uh, on the internet, where, where did you start? Yeah, so if, if you look at my YouTube channel, you go back to history and all my videos. Like, I'll say the first two years, I was just posting NBA, NBA 2K8 or NBA 2K9, just me playing the video game. Like, that, that, that's all I was doing. And I wasn't commenting. I was just actually posting highlights of me playing the game. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, I don't know, like, I literally used it for, like, free video storage. Like, I'll post videos on there and send it to my friends. Like, it wasn't a thing. And then mm -hmm. I ended up buying the Motorola Zoom tablet. And I don't know what it was, but I started making videos. And I remember having this conversation with my girlfriend then, now wife. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make YouTube videos. And she said, why? I was like, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> right. I, I mean, it wasn't like, a, hey, I'm trying to make money. It was just like, literally just like, hey, I talk about tech all day. And, you know, I have some free time. I'm going to make YouTube videos. I want to talk about it. So it was a Motorola Zoom tablet. I bought it. And not a lot of people were buying tablets at the time because um, mm -hmm. it was like a $600 big chunky thing. And this thing couldn't do much. It was like a large cell phone, like iPads weren't taken off yet or anything like that. So it was sort of as new territory and I wanted to explore it. So I made videos of it. I talked about everything, how to customize it. I started reviewing cases and I got a free case to, to, to make a video. on. I was like, oh my God, I got a case. And mm. I gave, mm -hmm. I gave a bad review and then he like wrote me hate mail and everything about it. So it was like a, a cool like experience. And I sort of just jumped into the whole, you know, tech, tech content creator, um, like overnight. It was, it was actually really fun. 
And there's no like, uh, gu- uh, there's no guidebook for this. There's no manual. I mean, you see, I, and forgive me, my, uh, I remember my introduction to uh, tech review or tech channels on YouTube, probably within the, it's only been like within the last three years where they've like bubbled up to the surface for me to be aware of them. Not because I'm like all about and all fancy and stuff. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this content. And now there's like this core group of technology content creators on YouTube that I'm like jonesing for their uploads. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, it always kind of, kind of interests me to find out that, uh, some of the big players all come out with the same videos around the same time at the release of products. And then there's a small subset and I'm going to put you in that subset that actually spend some time with a, a new device or a new a technology before you give an honest feedback opinion. Like I've lived with this phone for a month and here's what I really think. Or, you know, I had this thing on order and it's not, I'm not going to be installing a new TV every 20 minutes. So, um, yeah. yeah. Where do you, where do you kind of put yourself in the, in the, in, in the bracketed world of content creators that are tech based? Um, where do yeah, you see yourself so, fitting in? Yeah. So it's, it's funny you mentioned it that way. So I guess I can kind of do like a little bit of a rewind to kind of talk about my history to get to where I am today. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was making these YouTube videos, you know, just like anything, you, you, you start something new, you don't know where to go. It's like exploratory phase, right? You mm-hmm. don't know how you're getting there. You don't know where you're going. You're just doing something. So I was making these YouTube videos and it was fun. It was cool, whatever. And then one of the websites, that I went to a lot, XDA developers, it's like a phone hacking website, right? Mm-hmm. They had a thing, like a posting saying like, we want people to make YouTube videos about different things, like try out new new ROMs and try out new um, software and you get to get free software, you get to play with, make videos. So I reached out to them, I said, hey, I make videos on my YouTube channel, I'm applying. So I literally applied and then like three days later, they contacted me and said, hey, we'll give you 50 bucks a video and we want you to make two videos a week. So I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. $400 a month, like doing what I'm already doing for free on my YouTube channel, right? So right. I did that for a while and then they had a larger following and I still created videos on my channel. So I ended up getting a larger following, right? So I ended up getting like 15,000 followers, right? So in that time frame, I was sort of doing both. And then another website reached out to me and said, hey, you should review devices. This was Android Authority. And at the time they had uh, like 800,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, let's do it. So then I joined this website. And so I started learning the business behind things and the business of reviewing things and, and getting things before it comes out. And all this was so foreign to me. And I sort of learned the business. And at the same time, I was leveraging that channel and still was doing mine on the side, right? I did that for two years and it got to a point where I started getting people contacting me directly and I started competing with the company I was working for because I was getting phones on embargo. I was getting phones before they came out and yet I was putting my videos out and then the YouTube channel was putting their videos out at the same time. And it was sort of like, hey, you're competing against the company you work for, you have to make a decision. And at that point I said, you know what, I'm gonna go on my own and figure this thing out. I think I have the tools to sort of do this. Um, so as far as why I don't, cause like, you know, you mentioned everyone puts a video out at the exact same time. Right. And that's kind of key. Cause you know, the galaxy S 10 is announced 
And at 9 a.m., you're allowed to put a video out. And we've had the phone for a couple of days or maybe a week before. And everyone does that. And I still make a video. I do a early impressions that I do seven days later that I do a month review. And I find that formula is kind of a hybrid approach where I get that early video out, which gets a lot of views. And I'm not saying much, though. I've only used it for a couple of days. But then I have that 30 day later, that 30 days later where people really appreciate because people who, you know, you're going to spend a thousand bucks on a phone or pay $30 a month. Like you want to make sure you're getting what you, you know, you're getting your money's worth and you want to trust someone who's actually used it a little bit longer than a week and then put it back in a box real pretty and then grab their iPhone. Right. You want right. someone to actually take right. time to use something and actually can talk about battery life or talk about hey, this device actually gets pretty hot when you're, when you're gaming or, hey, you know, I took it on vacation with me and I took a thousand pictures. Here's what I found instead of just, hey, I walked around the block and took 20 pictures. Camera's great. So mm -hmm. sorry for the very long answer. I just kind of wanted to do a full 360 as far as how I got here and my methodology behind it, I guess. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, the, how, how long were you with XDA uh, developers and then how long were you with uh, uh, Android Authority or are you yeah. still with them? Yeah, XDA was probably about six months and okay. Android Authority was uh, just under two years. They okay. actually wanted me to work with them full time. Um, but at the time, I sort of knew what they were making as far as like, you know, per month and their offer was just so, just not even comparable to what they made. And okay. it was to the point where I just felt like I had a better shot doing it on my own, um, you know. So um, I'm very thankful for, for both experiences because those helped me learn a lot of things. You know, XDA gave me to let me know that my skills are valued and someone's willing to pay me to do something. And then mm -hmm. uh, Android Authority showed me kind of the business side. And I took the good things from them and the bad things from them and sort of figured out a way to shape myself because like, the bad is like, hey, there's embargoes and hey, we have to get this video out as soon as possible. I know you didn't use it a ton, but we need to get this out. Here's a strict deadline. I don't right. want to be that guy, but I want to be able to get something out early and then give it some time. And I think people will appreciate um, that time I take with something. And I think people get something out of it because I found that when you put a video out as soon as possible, everyone has a video out. There's like 30 other YouTube channels, right? But mm -hmm. when you come with a video 30 days later, like, hey, 30 days later, this is what I found. People really, really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of people leaving comments like, wow, I looked forward to this video. Wow, I'm going to buy the phone now because I was waiting for you to give your final conclusion of the phone. And right. for me, that, you know, that means a lot. If someone actually makes a purchase based off what I said, you know, I really value that because these things are extremely expensive. And I remember scraping up my last dollar to buy something. And it's kind of sucks if you buy something that's, not great and you just spent your last dollar on it so mm -hmm. no it's uh, i agree because i now have made my last five or six technology purchases based on uh uh three or four tech youtubers um i i watch yours i watch i watch mike uh the detroit borg i i think everybody watches marquez mkbhd and then i rotate back and forth between um uh, linus uh, from Linus Tech Tips and uh, uh, Judner uh, from uh, your average consumer and kind of get an amalgam of, a, of, of an opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's funny, you go to, go to them before you even go to friends because even in this group, we are all uh, divergent in something as simple as phone usage. So 
Yeah. Um, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's helpful to get, <laughs> let someone else, it's basically like buying a used car, right? You're letting someone else get all the kinks out and, and work through the process. And, and it seems to be such an intimate connection with, with viewership like this, where you, I have, there's a trust I've never met. This is the first time we've officially met yet. There's a trust built in because this is not a fly by night thing for you. This is something you're passionate about and you're enjoying and you're doing on a regular basis. So I have to believe that um, while everybody has their own built-in biases, you are able to kind of decipher between the, the uh, what is need to be known and being honest with, with, your, with your viewers. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and as far as the, the bias thing, yeah, you know, everyone has bias. Um, but I will say that I was on Android for 10 years and I just switched to Apple last October. Mm. So like as far as the Android background, I have that and I know what Android does very well. And I know what they don't do well. And the same is for Apple. I, I know what Apple does well and I know what they don't do well too. And, but I ended up switching over to Apple and I'm going to use Apple, even though I love the S10, the S10 is like an amazing phone, but I stick with Apple still for my devices because I use Apple everything and you know, the magical ecosystem pops up. Right. But the ecosystem mm-hmm. is a real thing. It is a legit thing. Like having, an iPhone and having my iMac and iPad and all that stuff and having all my files in sync and, you know, right click share and I can just move a file from one computer to the next. And, you know, I have a six, a five month old baby. So mm. I like to edit down here in my basement is beautiful, but I'm never down here anymore. And having files on this computer and I just do one click and move it to my other computer. It's just the smoothest thing ever. Mm. And just stuff like that is just extremely nice and just sort of pick up on the go things I'm working on, you know, has the handoff feature. So I'm working on something and I pick it up on my phone. It's already there or vice versa. And so they have a way to sort of lock you in an ecosystem. You know, I always say it's easy to go from Android to iPhone, but it's really hard to leave iPhone. Like they do a great job of locking you in with their services and Android doesn't do a good job at locking you in with services because everything on Android you can get on iOS, you know, you can Mm -hmm. get Gmail, you know, you can get Google search and Google, Google maps, right? Like mm-hmm. that Android has, get it on iPhone. And it actually probably works better on iPhone because Google engineers use iPhones. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Can I, I want to ask another question is in all the year, years of uh, reviewing uh, products and uh, more specifically cell phones or smartphones, um, what phone, I mean, I know they continue to get better and better you know, every time, you know, some new thing comes out, but what one in your experience have you experienced where it was like the kind of like the game changing phone? I mean, like it was, like I said, I mean, each one, the new one that comes out is, I mean, continues to get better, but what was that one phone that was like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, this will change the way the phones are, are made and used, uh, you know, going forward. Yeah. So for me, it was actually the original droid. It was like a big chunky metal phone that had a slide out keyboard and that phone actually, so I had an iPhone before that and I switched over to Android and that led me to be on Android for 10 years. Um, I just love the physical keyboard again. Um, and then being able to multitask and it had a flash and things that the iPhone didn't have. Like it had a flash, it actually did video because iPhones originally didn't do video. It did a lot of things that the iPhone didn't do. And it felt like more of, it felt like a computer versus a sandbox is what um, 
iPhones still feel like sometimes, like a sandbox. This was like a real computer in my hand. And for me, that was sort of like the aha moment, replaceable battery. And I mean, it was, it was great. Uh, you know, it's funny, you look back at old phones and old devices and you're like, wow, like this is kind of crappy these days. But back then that was everything for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just pulled out my old uh, iPhone 3GS. That was my first iPhone. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Well, I was going to re I was going to reactivate it as a, as a device for my daughter, right? Just like a kind of play around. What thing. could it open though? Now yeah. it just needed to host. It just needed to host content and connect to the internet. It's all it needed to do. It needed to get YouTube kids and I could put videos on it. Uh, I made the mistake of pulling out the uh, Chrysler sized SIM card and damaging it. And because that, uh, that iOS version no longer exists, I could not get it to, uh, basically to post without a SIM card and the SIM cards then, I mean, they were the old big SIM cards. Now they're the micro SIM cards. I, it's a brick, it's bricked. It's gone. It's done. Same with my uh, old first gen iPod touch that I got with my white MacBook. Oh, nice. Five or six one. Yeah. I just, I held on to them for too long just for nostalgia purposes, but then I tried to make it functional again. No dice, not happening. So, uh, Kevin, do you have, um, do you have YouTubers that, excuse me, content creators that live on YouTube <laughs> that, uh, I, I mean, I consider myself a content creator that is not on YouTube, but it's business related, <laughs> right? And education yeah. pieces, um, people that you look up to rely upon for information, want to collaborate with. Like I, I mean, you live part of your life in the public world, so you're on different forms of social media. Uh, the part I interact with you the most on is Twitter. And even before we came on the episode tonight, I'm watching a, a constant flow between you and, and, and Mike and, and Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, all making me jealous with your Tesla talk. Anyway, um, are there a, a group of public-facing YouTubers that you uh, spend a lot of quality time with in communication? Or, or are there some that we may not know about yet that we should have our, uh, our eyes on? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the guys you named before, I, I know pretty well. Um, I, I will say without sounding like super arrogant, when you get Too to late. a certain level, certain level on YouTube, right. Um, you end up going to the same events, you rub elbows with people, you're no mm-hmm. longer in the fan zone. I, I, I sort of hate saying that. No, that's but fair. If, no, if it I makes sense. To, if you have a welcome to a Marquez or um, Judner, your average consumer, I have a conversation as a, as a peer, as an equal. It's not like, oh my God, I watch all your videos. It's like, hey, what's up, buddy? Like, you know what's going on? It's, it's just, it's a different conversation that, that we're having. Um, and I'm not sure if it's, just, if it's just me, because I know people who are larger than me, but when they see these guys, they, fan, they, like, they, they geek out over them. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I look at other people, even if they're larger than me, whatever, I look at them as equals. Um, because I just, that's just... I, I don't know that that that's how I treat it, and I, I think they get that same energy and mm-hmm. as equals, right? Um, so the person that I first watched on YouTube was Jonathan Rettinger um, from Techno Buffalo. He yep, like was one of the first YouTuber guys that I have came across originally, and so it was weird that seeing that someone you looked up to is now considered your peer. Me and my friends, like. Um, if I see him at an event, we'll have a conversation. We joke around and I always joke about him because the first time he met me, he looked at my badge and he said, Hey, how are things going at the, and he read my badge. How are things going at the tech ninja? 
And it's the funniest thing. I was like, you have no idea who I am, but you're playing it off like you know me. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, right. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'm friends with all the guys. Uh, pretty much all the ones you named, I'm pretty much cool with them. Or if they see me in public, they'll recognize me. We 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 have so many friends in common. Um, you know, Andrew Edwards, I would say, is one of my good friends that I can consider him an offline friend to. Andrew mm-hmm. Edwards, he's been in the space for about 10 years. He actually started off on Apple Podcasts and transitioned to YouTube later, but he he sort of turned that whole thing into a content creator and a host. Um, he's been in a couple Xfinity commercials and mm-hmm. um, enterprise car commercials. So he's doing a lot of things outside of YouTube. So he's really the one pushing the whole content creator beyond YouTube, beyond anything else, hosted elsewhere. So um, he's a guy I look, look up to professionally and, uh, and personally as well. I feel like, John, that's kind of your life, isn't it? I mean, so John, well, John can speak for himself. I'm pointing <laughs> at him for no apparent reason because none of you could see me pointing at him. Uh, right. John, is, John is a professional musician that also works for a, a string company here in Michigan. Uh, I always wondered mm-hmm. about that same vibe for you, John, about uh, the first time you meet artists that you've been uh, a fan of Mm-hmm. But who now you work with them on a on a professional level on a peer to peer basis? If 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 what's Kevin is saying is similar, I mean, do you fanboy over people still, or are you? Oh, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, sure, but I mean, I don't think it's. I mean, I never really. The funny thing for me is I never really fawned over artists and musicians as much as I did like actual other, um, like people that made the product. Like I think my biggest fanboy moment was meeting Seymour Duncan, the legendary guy that builds and winds pickups Mm -hmm. over anything else. And at that point too, I'd been writing articles for his website for about a year and he already knew who I was, you know? So, you know, I went over to him. I didn't have a whole lot to say, but his first thing was, he's like, I really appreciate the stuff you're doing to help our baseline out. And it's like, Oh crap. Okay. (laughs) You are on notice. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's nothing now to, um, you know, you see somebody like Peanut from 311 comes by our booth at the convention, like walks right up to me and it's just talking like, hey, how's it going? You know, talking about the tour, talk about his family and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it, I, I, Kevin was very right in saying it is another level without so, so any putting on any airs on it. It is, or maybe it's like you've got maybe a little more layer of trust between everybody. Yeah. 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 I can definitely see that. Um, you know, being in the, I guess in the public eye, people are always asking you for stuff, right? Yep. Send me a phone, send me the Fortnite skin and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That was right, ridiculous. Right. I saw that today. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't share, I don't share half the things that I get, but um, yeah. So I guess they know that we're not going to ask each other for stuff. Like, right. I'm not gonna say, Hey, give me a shout out. Hey, let's collect. Like, I don't, I, we just don't do that. And we talk about other things besides that. So I guess that's where the trust comes in. You, you mentioned peanut from three eleven. and he talks mm-hmm. about his family and stuff. He doesn't talk about very specific things that a fan would want to talk about. You talk about other things like, Hey, right. uh, you know, how's your family? Hey, I noticed, you know, Hey, I noticed you're looking at Tesla. Like which one you want to get? Like we talk about other things. So, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, we're sort of beyond that whole YouTube stuff. And we just talk about as humans, because very rarely people want to talk about that. They always want to talk about YouTube stuff and making videos and all that. But sometimes right. it gets, gets a little old. So 
it's good to talk about something else. Yeah, I always mm-hmm. wondered. I wondered about that in terms of people, you know, when it comes to YouTube, my understanding is most people, you know, they started from very little, they use whatever tools they had available to them and anybody can do it. And while that's true, anybody can create content. Once you said like you get to a certain level and it's not by happenstance, it's through kicking ass all the time, right? It's by hard mm-hmm. work. Uh, connections don't hurt, but a lot of it's just putting out content and putting out content and putting out content until sometimes something clicks or you get a, a viral hit or someone of, of a name finds you and you know, throws you a professional bone, right? Like, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, we all, we'll all take those anytime we can mm-hmm. get that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah I found that to, to be most interesting. Um, in terms of specific tech questions, I'm going to throw one out at you. Uh, the thing I go round and round about, and I actually, John and I've talked about this a lot, is headphones and, and yeah. earbuds and all that kind of stuff. And I'd love to get your opinion on uh, the new wave of these uh, wireless earbuds, everything from the the AirPods to the, uh, uh, what are they, Pixel Buds, Lance? Did you ever pick, Lance is a Pixel user, I'm a former Pixel user. Did you ever end up picking up those Pixel Buds? No, I no, I, I just, I use it. I've got a couple of different types. Uh, I've got a Senso uh, uh, set of Senso wireless headbud uh, earbuds that I use for running, and that was the that was the video I just uh, studied up on before the call was uh, the sound buds or the the sound beats. Yeah, yeah, sound beats. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's you know it's it's a new product in the market. Um, I I have I have the AirPods. I'm not saying that they're the best ones out there, but I use them probably 90% of the time because of convenience, right? Mm. Um, Long battery life. And they're actually really good for phone calls. So like I can take a phone call and just have one in my ear and talk on the phone, like, and no one would know I'm using that. And for me, that's very convenient. Um, But with that being said, there's other ones in the market. So, you know, as he mentioned that there's the sound peats that are 50, uh, I believe $50 or $70. Um, and they sound just as good. You don't have the great microphone and also you don't have the, without getting super technical, doesn't have the W1 chip, which is the chip that allows for direct communication to Apple. So right now I'm using these on my, on my iMac and I connected to it just by pressing one button, right? You know, Mm -hmm. Apple, that ecosystem again, they connect instantly. So you don't have that connection. You have to hold the button down, go into your settings, you know, whatever. So, um, there's other ones on the market. These are not the the best ones out there, but for ease of use and for what I use them for, they're great. Now for editing, editing videos, I use something completely different. Mm-hmm. I use over the ear, um, uh, audio technicas, uh, 50 MX fifties. Yep. Nice. V- very standard studio, very clear to, to hear. I have those. Yep. Very similar to those Sony's that you have on your, on your head, even though this oh, is yeah. yeah, very, very similar. And then for travel, I'll use like, Bose QC 35s or 25s. I use those. So I think, you know, there's always, I'm a firm believer of using the best tool for the job. Mm-hmm. Reason if you can, right. So if you're going to like work on a house, right, you're going to like throw together some drywall, you're going to put down some floors and you're going to do some baseboards. You want to get the right tools to do everything, right? You want to get that, you know, the right type of saw to cut the baseboard. You want to get the right type of saw to cut the flooring. So I'm a firm believer of that, right? You mm-hmm. don't have to spend $500 on everything. 
you know, you find the right. right one that's good for you and live with the compromises. Everything has compromises and what compromises can you deal with? Right. Like, can you deal with going to settings and clicking on Bluetooth? If you can, then maybe you don't need the AirPods. Like maybe you don't have to overpay for them. Right. Right. Um, do you take a lot of phone calls? Then maybe the AirPods are the best ones for you. Cause the mic on the AirPods are really good. Hmm. I, I take mm -hmm. phone calls and AirPods all, all day long. And I, I love it because of that. I'm listening to music. Someone calls me, push a button, just keep talking. No big deal. Most wireless earbuds, completely wireless earbuds. The mic is horrible, but there's compromises to get to that price point, right? Right. It can't be more expensive than AirPods. Like that is the baseline that 179, it, sorry, 159 is the baseline for pricing. Once you're above that, then people start to really question you and you better have everything perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Apple setting that base, just like they did it with the iPad. They do it every time they yep. come up with a new product. That's the established thing. Mm -hmm. Hey, going, Kevin, <laughs> would you also say too, along the lines when you were talking about compromises, that um, part of that also has the consumer, like especially with you um, giving, you know, the, the, the plain speak kind of lowdown on your reviews is also getting the consumer to be very frank with what their needs actually are. And, you yes. know, it, you know, cause everybody would love to drive around in a Rolls Royce, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to be frank with yourself and be like, well, really for what I'm doing is just going to the grocery store and just swearing at Meyer. So really I probably Meyer, don't yeah, need that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it actually, I run into this with, um, the Galaxy S10e, right? So mm -hmm. I recommend that phone over the Galaxy S10 or S10 Plus. The E is the budget version of that phone. Mm -hmm. And the reason I recommend that is because for it's a very good phone and phones are really good these days, right? Mm -hmm. so why pay $250 more for, let's say, a higher resolution screen, which you won't take advantage of, um, a 2x zoom camera, which actually is sort of crappy, right? Mm -hmm. And this in-body fingerprint, like in-screen fingerprint sensor, which is finicky, right? You're paying extra money for features that aren't that good, right? Right. So the Galaxy S10e is a cheaper phone, but it's actually a better phone. So sometimes we need to, as you said, take, take a step back and say, what do I actually need and why do I need this? And if mm -hmm. you really consider what's important to you for a phone, the Galaxy S10e is going to be the best phone for most people. It's $750 and it has all the features pretty much of the $1,000 version of that phone. Um, so I talked about that in the review and I said, hey, look, you guys don't call me crazy, but this is actually a sleeper phone. You know, you guys, S10e economy budget phone and I don't want the cheap version of the phone, but it's really good. Same for the, 10, the 10R for, for the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Okay, the screen is not as good. The bezels are a little bit thicker. Okay, everything else is pretty much the same. The battery is killer on this. Yeah, iPhone. yeah, the killer. That was the yeah. whole reason. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, we yeah. we actually found that a lot too in um some of the instrument models of like the difference between like an import model or their American made version was really nothing more than that. It'd be like the bodies and everything were made overseas, but all the hardware and everything like the pickups, electronics and everything were all put together here in the same factory. So it's like, okay, you want to spend a, an extra thousand dollars just so you can say the whole thing was completely made in the U S yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kevin, you are a married young man. I think you're around our age. I'm going to guess that probably a little younger and, and a recent new father. Congratulations. 
for Thank that. You. Um, you. you must have a very supportive family unit for you to be a professional geek that some of us really want to be, right? You, like you, I'm looking in the background of your office and you've got <laughs> toys on toys on toys in a professional setting. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, what is that world like? Do you, do you find that you've got, so with embargoes and in relationships with manufacturers, there's a good chance that you have access to a lot of devices, but I'm sure there's a lot that you you need to go out and score yourself, right? Do you feel like you've got to be first to market to have any kind of uh, um, you know, relevance in the space? Or can you pick and choose the kind of uh, tech you want to cover and the tech that you think you'd enjoy? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question, question actually. It's, so it's, I've been trying to work on a balance, right? And that is extremely hard in, in having a, a child it makes things a whole lot harder, right? Mm -hmm. Like trying to balance every single thing and, you know, working and, you know, when I work, it's so, so time is the most precious thing that everyone has, right? Um, especially when you're doing some type of work that's freelance, right? Like mm -hmm. I can decide today not to make a YouTube video. I could decide not to shoot this video, but at the same time, I'm deciding not to make money eventually. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to balance these things out. And I do a very bad job at it. So I never give anyone tips and tricks on how to balance having a family, a kid and, and YouTube, because it's not easy. And I will say that I have every cheat code in the world as my wife supports me 100% on the, this whole uh, video creation thing endeavor. She supports me because this job supports her being able to stay home with them. And that right. was a that was something we didn't know we'd be, have the ability to do. And it came to the situation where we said, we'll try it out. And, you know, things are going well. I'm knocking on table for people listening, um, <laughs> you know, knocking on wood, but you know, it's, it's working out for us. So she supports me on that side. She knows that I'm going to have to make the sacrifices to provide a better situation for our son that she can then raise them inside the house. Um, you know, I have to battle within myself to realize that I don't have to be the first to market and I can take a day off here and there. But it's really hard for me to do that because I always feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have a production team. A lot of people are now hiring people and it's mm -hmm. just me and I'm getting to a situation where I have to sort of do that. So I have like an editor that I will use when I get backed up, right? but I would send him the video, he'll send it back to me, and then I spend two and a half hours changing everything. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter too much, and it's just more of a whole, um, I'm not neurotic, but when you build something from the ground up, it's really hard to let go of something, right? Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I heard a quote, like don't, let being like, don't let perfection get in the way of being pretty good, right? So I need to let that go and just want to be pretty good instead of trying to be perfect on everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. I, I don't have a, pr a pretty answer. And uh, yeah. It's the same mantra we have where I work as do you need it perfect or do you need it by Tuesday? <laughs> and that's the beef I have with you guys. No, I'm kidding. Right. Gosh. No, I've actually kind of noticed that with content creators as of late, the, um, um, the desire or, need based on growth to expand their team from a single person. So 
mm-hmm. what the two that come up the most in my brain are uh, two pretty prominent uh, female content creators uh, on the platform, uh, uh, Justine, I Justine, and um, Sarah Dietschy have just both recently talked about letting go of that control of their thing. And I don't know, I mean, this is the argument John and I would have, and I'd lose the argument because I know better. It's that you mentioned it in terms of having the right tools for the job, but eventually to get to think to where you want it to be, you do have to relinquish some control or instill trust in someone else. Like you probably have to get to the point where like we are sort of with the podcast where you hand off a video and the person that's editing for you has the vision that you have and you can just trust it. Like maybe there's mm-hmm. notes, there isn't some dissection of the, of the content that was just uh, edited for you where you could have just taken the time the first time through. Um, mm-hmm. What is that reality in terms of bringing somebody on, on a, on a full-time basis? Is it someone, and by full-time, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're part of the, you know, the tech ninja team but they also have their quote unquote day gig. Like a lot of us do. Uh, I honestly do not, do not know it. it it's, I'm sort of at a crossroads here as far as day gig and YouTube. Um, because I mean, yeah, I, I do have a day gig and I took a lesser role at my day gig to pursue YouTube a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Full disclosure, I make more on YouTube than I do at my full-time job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at that situation now, but then you have to factor in a ton of other things. You know, I have great benefits, 401k plus matching, mm-hmm. a ton yep. of things that you have to really consider before making that jump. And a lot of my YouTube friends, they're single, right? They're not supporting a family, you know? Right, they're, right. You know, they, they're renting something. I have a house, a mortgage. I have uh, two car payment. Like, it's a lot of other things that go into it where it, it's not that simple. It's not looking at what I make here and what I make here. And that's, the, that's not the whole story. There's so much that goes into it. Um, I would love to, and, and I am in a position where I could pay someone, um, not quasi full-time, part-time to, to work with me to shoot and edit and my production could go up and thus my money will go up at the same time. But um, getting that person that I trust or that person that has the same work ethic as me, that's my hardest thing because mm-hmm. I'm the type of person where, you know, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate. It's not just me, but um, I want to, I want to get it right. I want to do it until it's right. And I don't want right. to stop until I know it's right. I, and sometimes I'm up two, two or three o'clock in the morning and I have to be up at six. Right. Yeah. Cause I want to get it right. I want to nail it. And that's just the, the neurotic switch in my head that I can't expect people to have. I expect people to have that because that's me and that just comes natural to me, but people do not have that. And I, I have to understand that. And I have to be able to work with people who don't have that. And that's extremely hard for me. And that's something I need to work on. And uh, yeah, so it's hard. (laughs) Well, the one I've found out Kevin too on that would be is getting people to understand the long view of what you're doing as opposed to just like the short thing. Like it's one thing for you to hire somebody and have be like, okay, he helped me make these two videos, but it's, it's more to get that person to be like, okay, we made these two videos. And by doing these videos, this is how it's going to kind of feed the engine so we can make these other videos. And by creating this template in how we're doing it, it's going to streamline us making said videos 
So then it's not just, you know, let's kick these out by the end of the week. It's like by doing it this way, by the end of the week, taking that five minutes is now going to help us in the months to come. Yeah. yeah kind of yeah. thing. D definitely. And, you know, maybe as a, as a leader for myself, I, I have things to work on because it's always been me, right? I've right. never had to, it's hard to teach something you naturally do or you naturally have been doing for eight years. That's extremely right. hard to teach because you just, it becomes second nature. Just mm -hmm. like, like, for example, you know, we, we mentioned uh, basketball offline. I don't think LeBron or Kobe would be a great basketball coach because they have this great, you know, God given ability to do things with the basketball that many people can't do. Right. And so for them to teach someone to do something that they naturally do, like LeBron's six foot eight and 275 pounds. Right. Right. Like, like LeBron would tell someone, Hey, jump over him and dunk the ball. Well, I'm not doing that. You, right. There's things you can't teach. And I think for uh, people with my weird mindset, I can't teach a lot of things I do because I just naturally do it. And it's just over the years I've done it. I, I don't have any formal training in this, I guess. So it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to pass these skills or even my mindset along to people. Well, along that, uh, along that line, Kevin, with you not having that experience, what is it that got you into it? And what was it that made you say, this is what I want to do and, um, and take that leap into, into a foray that you didn't have that experience? I mean, because I, I know you said earlier, not you don't want to tell people how to do things. And, um, but, you know, any listeners out there that are listening to this want to know how do I, how would I, if I want to become a content you know, creator and not necessarily at the level that you necessarily are right now, but um, if they were like, what, what, what would I, what would be one of the first steps that I would need to take to, to, you know, to do that? What would you suggest for them? Yeah, Lance, that, that's a good question. Um, so as far as the way I got to where I was to make videos, um, I've always had that passion for videos, right? I've always, like my mom, when she bought a camcorder, old school camcorder, we're going on our trip to Disney, right? So she bought a camcorder, wanted to record the moments. I was fascinated by the video. Like I was, I, I quote unquote, unboxed the camera and I learned how to use mm -hmm. it and taught my mom how to use it. Uh, I, I've always loved technology and I've just loved video too. And just eventually those two worlds will kind of mesh. Like I was in the AV club in school and uh, I made videos playing around with my friends. I made fake wrestling videos. We used to love wrestle, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I was, was D-Lo Brown and my friend was Stone Cold. The other friend was The Rock and The Undertaker. We used to make our fake wrestling matches and I used to scream like I was a JR or whatever, right? And oh, we nice. Dub, we used to dub these things together and make these like homeschool wrestling matches, like full on 40 minute videos and I different angles and I'll set the camera up a certain way. It's just in, in those two worlds just sort of meshed eventually. But I've always loved video, so, and hopefully with my videos, you can kind of see a level of quality, a level of cinematic, you know, smooth shots and everything and lighting and all that stuff kind of shines through. Um, to kind of answer your second part of your question, as far as what can someone do, um, honestly, what someone can do is talk about what they're passionate about. Don't go out trying to be anyone else. Like, don't, don't try to be a Marquez MKBHD. Don't try to be a I Justine. Try to be yourself because people can spot phony and you're, you suck at being someone else, but you're really good at being you. Right. Mm. So don't try to be someone else's be you. And you know, your personality would eventually shine through. And some of the most awkward people have amazing YouTube channels because 
maybe that awkward person can relate to you better. So uh, yeah. be you be you and press yeah. record, right? That that's that that's the easiest way to say it. And just talk about stuff you like. Cool. I wanna ask, but I, I don't want the, a full answer. So of the people that you relate to that are content creators, uh, what's the percentage of them that are being who they really are? I mean, I don't want names. It's that's, that's not fair. Yeah. Like, um, I, I don't know. Like e- even now there's a, there's the tech ninja and then there's Kevin. Like we're, we're two different people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the same values, same morals, but I do even now a little bit, like I'm putting, I'm a little more animated now when I'm talking, like I'm not talking to my wife like this. Hey, what's for dinner tonight? We're going to, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> Like I'm not, you know, so, I mean, there, there's definitely a, a front you put on a little bit because you want to be a little bit more entertaining on, on video, I guess. Um, right. As far as the people I particularly know, I don't think any of them are putting on a front. They're just a more um, exaggerated, they, they exaggerate the personality a bit more. I, I, does that make right. sense? Right. Yeah, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there's phony ones out there. Um, I personally just do not know them. So. Fair. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of somebody you, you do know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him out because he was the one person in my late tweet that responded uh, for questions for you that we didn't have. Uh, aforementioned Mike, the Detroit Borg, asked a very basic question, and it's probably a tough one to answer because you've kind of talked about the challenges. Uh, when are you going to decide to go and be a content creator full-time? on a platform like YouTube or another one. <laughs> I feel bad for like saying like, don't call me a YouTuber. And now you're like dancing around it. I feel horrible. I know. <laughs> I know how to answer a question to make sure that you know. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think when it gets to that point where I have to decide and, and uh, it's getting really close where I, I have to choose. Yeah. Um, I think that that will be it. So um I wouldn't be surprised if it's next year, but you know, you, you never know what happens. Um, it's a scary thing though, man. It is mm-hmm. very, it's very scary. Um, I mean, it's already scary, like supporting a family, like, you know, right. you got three mm-hmm. lives you have to support already. And then, you know, doing it with no, with no way of knowing exactly what you're going to make each month. Like that's, that's tough, man. And, and the way health insurance costs and just all this adult stuff, like, Hey, this is crazy. <laughs> Adulting right. is super right. rewarding and sucks every day. <laughs> yeah. So that, that scares me that, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm paranoid as it is. So I think that's a dead honest answer though. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. I mean, uh, three of us have, uh, have kids. We know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and yeah. Lance has an unhealthy beer and or running obsession that he has to foster. So, <laughs> so let, me, let me go back to the, the start of the conversation. So you talked about, no, you've got a day job, you're making yeah. your videos and you also freelance somewhere else. Did I hear that correctly? So, so the day job. Or contract yourself out, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I worked there full time and then um, they knew I did YouTube. So we had a conversation that I can kind of take, um it's not a ba- it's not a background role but they understand i do youtube okay mm-hmm. uh, so they uh like adjusted my pay so now i can take more time off um and do youtube things and okay. so i mean i i you know so basically i'm given work i have to get done in a, in a week so every week i'll have 
you need to get X, Y, and Z done. Mm -hmm. I don't care how long it takes. You need to get these things done. So instead of showing to work every single day, nine to five, it's just, I have tasks I need to get done. Gotcha. And I create video for work, right? So they'll say, Hey, you need to get these 15 videos done. I don't care when, don't care how, don't care if you pay a Guatemalan kid $11 to do it. These are done. Oh, you use the um, same Guatemalan kid I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, but basically these need, these need to get done. Um, I don't care how, I don't care when. So, um, yeah. So some weeks it's 40, some weeks it's 30, some weeks it's 20, but for the most part, I, I, I do go to the office pretty much five days a week. Um, okay. and, um, yeah, it may not be full days. And sometimes I work on a hybrid. I work on two different things at once and try right. to figure it out, but, um, yeah, so they, they, they've been very helpful and understanding and they don't want me to leave because I'm the only video person there. Okay. Um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. They're and then I, I used to do, I used to shoot wedding, do, do wedding videos over the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I did that for three summers and I ended up just selling the company to someone. Okay. Like, hey, do it, take it. I, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. I've always just been busy and I always try to stay busy. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm trying to learn how to, slow down because having having a kid yeah that, right you, know, you, that you don't want to be busy but yeah you don't want to be busy 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 and, and miss things right yeah. i right. don't want to not remember these moments because everything goes so sorry to be sappy but everything goes so fast oh everything is so quick and i i just don't want to have any regrets because i was busy working yep yeah. yep nope so, totally get it well, hey, Kevin, we're getting close to time, but I got a question that's been in my brain that I'm going to go ahead and ask, and it's simply yeah. this. As a content creator, and I'm going to remove your smartphone from the equation, what is one piece of equipment or piece of software that you would fight me to the death on if I were threatening to take it away? What's one thing you cannot operate without that's not, say, your phone or let's go computer because that's too easy? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I use. Um, Baby monitor. <laughs> okay. oh, oh, oh. So wow, not not related to 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 to, to content creation. Um, so for content creation, I would say probably uh, I use a website called Buffer, and mm-hmm. that schedules schedules out posts. So, um, you know, I'll make a video, then I'll tweet it out again later in the day, um, schedule different posts on different platforms. So I use Buffer a lot. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Also on my iPhone, I use Affiliator. So I can make Amazon affiliate links like, like that on my phone, mm, which is cool. nice. So, you know, I'm having a conversation with someone on Twitter and they say, hey, what do you recommend for power banks? I can grab an affiliate link send it to them instead of just a generic link. So mm-hmm. I'll get like a, a 6% kickback from if they purchase something from that link. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's really it. But, but most of it, I would have said final cut um, Adobe premiere. Cause it, it, so it, it's as far as software, like video editing, everyone says, Oh, what software do you use? And I'm like software agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think you can relate. If you understand the concept of video creation, the software doesn't matter. The hotkeys are a little different, but telling a story with video and and getting good shots in the camera, everything else will fall into its place. So I don't really care about software. I just use Final Cut because it's faster and it's easier, especially on Apple products. But I've used Premiere for 10 years and I love Premiere. And if I was doing something full-fledged and featured, I'll use Premiere. But for YouTube videos, Final Cut, I think is the perfect medium to use. Fair. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I totally get it. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I gotta say thank you so much for the time and being part of a forty-ish. Um, so I'm going to give my thanks to John and my mm-hmm. thanks to Lance and to Tucker and the murder basement. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything uh, else you got coming up going on that you're willing to share, talk about, or we want to make sure where can people find you on social media yeah. and on the YouTubes? Yeah. So social media tech ninja speaks on everything. Just type tech ninja speaks comes up. Uh, same for YouTube, Tech Ninja Speaks, or type in the Tech Ninja or Tech Ninja. Uh, generally speaking, I come up. If, I do, if I'm doing my job right, I'll be at the top of the list if you type that in. Um, and yeah, so you can find me being sarcastic and saying funny things on Twitter all day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really bad at that part. Self-promotion. I, I don't like talking about myself. But hey, I'm here. I had a blast answering uh tech-related questions, non-tech-related questions from a bunch of dudes from Michigan, so it's always good to um, chat with people from my home. We appreciate that, and for whatever it's worth, every time I've communicated with you, even before we ever talk, uh, with humor and humility, especially on Twitter, so I appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, of course. Cool. Gentlemen, appreciate it. I hope everybody has a great week, and if I don't talk to you before, I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll see you.